Friends, welcome to this episode of Leadosophy. You are here with an open mind because that is the rule, not the exception. But of course, you already knew that because you've been watching or listening YouTube or any podcast platform of your choice. Glad you could join us here today. We're going to talk about employee engagement. Short little article I want to read from Forbes. What is employee engagement? What does it mean for your employees to care about the organization? What does that look like in practice, maybe in theory? Leadosophy is going to break down this article. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution. You are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of Leadosophy, Tim Wood. All right, friends, welcome back. Have an article here, going to dive right in. Have an article here titled, What is Employee Engagement? Now, before I start reading, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? Whether you're in a followership role, let's just talk about you're a follower. If you are a follower, what does it mean for you to be engaged in the workplace? Is there, is it a technical contribution that you are making? Is it going above and beyond the actual workday? Is that working overtime when you're not, when you're not specifically told to work extra overtime, which is kind of a tautology, extra overtime. They would just call it extra time or overtime. What about having an emotional connection to the workplace. Does that to be in classified as an engaged employee, do you have to have some sort of emotional connection beyond a certain level? Because once again, I don't think you can be just have a dead feeling towards a workplace. I mean, some might argue they can actually, yes, you can be dead inside in the workplace, but no, in, in, I think in, in practice as humans, we're going to have some sort of emotional connection to our place of work, to the business, whether that's a high level of emotional connection, a lower level, whether that's negative emotions or positive emotions, there's going to be some emotional connection as a follower in the workplace. So what about from a leader standpoint, how do you view employee engagement? I think it's a very important question to ask. If you are a leader, do you not want your employees who work for you, work with you to be engaged? Of course, I think any leader would, would say that they would want their employees to, to be engaged with what's going on, with the mission, with the team. And concurrently, if you're the CEO of an organization, I think it goes without saying that you would want your entire organization to be, to be engaged, to be an engaged workforce. But that sounds great, but what does that actually look like? What does that mean? So this article, What is Employee Engagement, was written by Kevin Cruz, who's a contributor to Forbes. This article is a little dated. It's, it's nine years old, but that's okay. I stumbled across this because I was doing some other research on, on leadership and you know, employee engagement was kind of haphazardly thrown around in this, in this article I was doing on another, another side of research project. So I did some, some digging on employee engagement, came across this article as one of the first ones that came up, came up. And it was short, so I thought I could break it down fairly fairly quickly for, for a podcast episode and then for, for the listeners to, to take something away and something to think about, which is really what, 
Theodosophy is all about, just giving us something to think about. Not finding any truths here. We're not looking for any universal truths about employee engagement. I'm just going to put that out right away. So Kevin Cruz at the time when he wrote this, he was the CEO of LeadX and the author of Great Leaders Have No Rules. You can find that book on Amazon. So he starts out with the question, what is employee engagement anyway? Let's start with what it's not, the author says. So Leosophy likes that. Let's, let's define something negatively. Philosophy likes that. Sometimes it's, it's easier to understand something conceptually by starting to pull away or pull apart what it actually is not. So that's called a, a negative definition. So Cruz starts off and he says, employee engagement does not mean employee happiness. Someone might be happy at work, but that does, doesn't necessarily mean that they are working hard productively on behalf of the organization. While company game rooms, free massages, and Friday keg parties are fun and may be beneficial for other reasons, he writes, making employees happy is different from making them engaged. So first, first point from philosophy. You know, he talks about company game rooms, free massages, and Friday keg parties, and he may be a little making, poking a little, little fun at it's some of the, you know, some of the things you hear about some organizations, all kinds of crazy fun things they have going on and kind of linking that to happiness. But in, the, in a serious note, Leadosophy kind of sees this as a hedonistic view of human behavior. This author, Kevin Cruz, is kind of linking happiness to having a grand time partying or playing games in the workplace. So again, this might be a simplistic view of human nature a simplistic view of what or how employees experience happiness in the workplace. Go back to a time that you have felt joy or happiness in the workplace. Was it because you were having some sort of morale party or because you were doing some sort of company picnic event, whatever it might be, or was it some sort of intrinsic happiness that you were experiencing, some sort of purpose you were feeling, maybe your contribution to the organization? So something to think about. And the second point on this, Leadosophy agrees, at least intuitively, that we should not link happiness to engagement, to employee engagement specifically, because an employee, I think it goes without saying that employee can be both engaged and unhappy simultaneously. Would you agree? Would you agree that you can be engaged in in your workspace, engaged in the mission, but yet unhappy? A more fundamental reason is that happiness is profoundly abstract. I've talked about this before. I did a podcast episode on should leaders try to promote happiness in the workplace? And it's a very sticky, sticky subject. Happiness is profoundly abstract. And I would argue nearly impossible to pin down. Plus, if you go back to happiness or this idea, this concept of happiness has been discussed in both Eastern and Western philosophy modern ancient philosophy for thousands of years. Again, this is partly why leadosophy is skeptical about leaders trying to deliberately promote happiness or aiming directly for a happy workforce, making that a end in itself. Very skeptical on that. And here's a side note. Leadosophy sees happiness as a series of unique doors with unique sets of locks and keys or unique combinations, whatever metaphor you want to you want to use, each person must discover their own series of doors, locks, and keys or combinations. And this is where I believe that happiness is a deeply personal journey. Yes, you can experience happiness alongside other people. You're 
significant other, your children, whatever it might be, your pets. But in the end, happiness is a is a deeply personal journey because so much of this journey depends on what and how you process internal and external stimuli within the headspace. So that's just kind of my my take on on happiness. A very abstract concept, very complex. Again, kind of have the hedonistic side of happiness, things that make us happy, pleasure, whatever it is. But then you also have some very deep and complex things that can give, give us intrinsic worth and purpose that can create happiness as a byproduct. Anyways, let's continue. Cruz goes on to say that employee engagement doesn't mean employee satisfaction. Again, the negative definition, what employee engagement is not is employee satisfaction. He says many companies have employee satisfaction surveys and executives talk about employee satisfaction, but the bar is set too low. A satisfied employee might show up for her daily nine to five without complaint, but that same satisfied employee might not go the extra effort on her own, and she'll probably take the headhunter's call, lowering her away with a 10% bump in pay. Satisfied isn't enough, the author writes. Satisfied isn't enough. So, Cruz goes on to posit a definition of employee engagement. So here it comes. Are you ready? Are you ready, listeners? Definition. Employee engagement is the emotional commitment the employee has to the organization and its goals, the emotional commitment. So Leadosophy's first kind of uneasy feeling about this, this is an uneasy feeling Leadosophy has, defining emotional commitment might be a problem in itself. And it's a, it might be a problem similar to what I kind of call the happiness paradox. Maybe this is a paradox, maybe it is not. I would encourage you to give me your thoughts, but think about this, the happiness paradox. The happiness happiness paradox is based on the premise that happiness is a self-discovered mindset, unintelligible to others, unintelligible to others. Yet others believe that they can or must influence this process of self-discovery. Again, this poses a sticky problem for leaders. So again, emotional commitment, I think everyone intrinsically has to find their own emotional commitment to the workspace, to the organization. Now, can leaders help facilitate that process? Can they make it easier to discover that commitment or that emotional connection? Yes, I think that's possible. So let's continue. The emotional, he goes on to say that this emotional commitment means engaged employees actually care about their work in their company. They don't work just for a paycheck or just for the next promotion, but work on behalf of the organization's goals. Now, when he, when he says that an engaged employee actually cares about their work and their company, again, what does actually care mean? So here's some questions for you, for the listener. And I don't pretend to know the answers to these, but I'm going to ask them anyways. Can you force your employees to care for your organization? Can you force that process? Can you press that process deliberately? What does it mean to care for your organization? How many situations have we been a part of when we faked caring for the goals of an organization? Have you been in that situation before? Is it possible? Here's a a couple fundamental questions here. Is it possible that the farther away one is from the founder or founders of an organization, the less one will care for that organization? 
Is this not expected? Does a CEO truly believe that a new employee will actually care, quote unquote, actually care? Those are the author's words. For the organization in the same way or with the same level of emotion or passion. Again, leadosophy believes intuitively this seems unrealistic. Seems unrealistic. Let's continue. When employees care, the author writes, when they are engaged, they use discretionary effort. This means the engaged computer programmer works overtime when needed without being asked. This means the engaged retail clerk picks up the trash on the store floor, even if the boss isn't watching. This means a TSA agent will pull a bag, a suspicious bag to be searched, even if it's the last bag on their shift. Even if it's the last bag on their shift. I want to backtrack for a second because there was a sentence in here. The author says that employees don't, an, an engaged employee doesn't just work for a paycheck or for the next promotion, but he or she works on behalf of the organization's goals. True or false, an employee can work on behalf of the organization's goals with minimal emotional commitment. And again, I'm using this emotional commitment because this is what the author is saying is, is part and parcel to an engaged employee is emotional commitment. Again, do you believe it's true or it's false an employee can work on behalf of the organization's goals with minimum emotional commitment? This seems to be true in Leadosophy's mind, in my mindset. I'm not sure it is possible to exhibit zero emotional commitment. I said this in the beginning, like you can't be just completely dead inside, even if you think you may have been that way at one point or the other. And again, it also seems true that an employee can work against organizational goals yet still actually care. Again, we may have to distinguish between caring and actually caring. Can we pretend to care, yet still be committed to organizational goals? Again, possibly. And if this is the case, then we have a contradiction in the explanation, the author's explanation of emotional commitment plus employee engagement. Contradictions are not good. Not good. All right, so we're going to go down. We talked about discretionary discretionary effort. Again, what are your thoughts on discretionary effort? Does that mean you are engaged, an engaged employee? If you pick up the piece of trash when nobody's watching, if you stay beyond your shift to accomplish a task, even though no one tells you to, is that engaged? I don't know. Not really sure. It seems very simplistic. It seems there's a lot, it seems to be a lot deeper than that. The author continues, engaged employees lead to better business outcomes. Here we get into the financial aspect classic economics, for better or for worse. In fact, according to Towers, parent research companies with engaged workers have 6% higher net profit margins. And according to Conexo, research engaged companies have five times higher shareholder returns over five years. How does employee engagement lead to higher stock prices? The return of of investment of engagement comes from what I call the engagement profit chain, says the author. Engaged employees lead to higher service quality and productivity, which leads to higher customer satisfaction, which leads to increased sales, which leads to higher levels of profit, which leads to higher shareholder returns, other words, stock prices. And he kind of ends the article with a former Campbell Soup CEO, Doug Conant, once said, quote, to win in the marketplace, you must first win in the workplace. Employee engagement is the key to activating a high performing workforce. A major assumption here by the author, a major assumption 
employee engagement is a key to activating a high-performing workforce. We must first agree upon our concept of high-performing workforce. This might look different from situation to situation, from organization to organization, between different people in the organization. Here's a question for you, for the listeners, for the watchers. Is it possible that two leaders can look at the same workforce? One sees high-performing workforce. The other one sees a lackluster workforce. Of course, this could, this could be the case, right? This is that classic two people watching the same movie coming up with different conclusions. This is that weird thing about reality, the, re, the movie that plays in our minds, right? So what did we learn from, from the author's article? Again, the author, uh, article titled, What is Employee Engagement? I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, I learned that we have a bunch of abstract, abstract concepts in this article that beg more for a philosophical examination than for an examination of how these concepts apply to leading well. That's my take. Hope you enjoyed it. You know, sometimes, here's a spirit of leadosophy. Some, some people may just be turned off by this, kind of, kind of whatever. <laughs> sometimes we must experience a deeper sense of confusion if we are to work our way back to a place of clarity, to a place of clear reasoning, clear thinking, again, the spirit of leadosophy. I was having a conversation with my youngest son. He was on the podcast last week, Carson, wrestler Carson, welder Carson. Got a school schedule today. He's taking wood shop. He's really excited, has it all year. But he asked me what I was podcasting on today, and I told him employee engagement. And that initial, you know, 15-year-old look on his face when I said employee engagement, part of it was like, I don't really understand what you're talking about. Part of it was like, meh, that doesn't sound super exciting. But I asked him, I kind of gave him the kind of the hypothetical scenario. You're the CEO of a bank. You have 20 employees working for you. Carson, you have all these, these grand visions and missions of the organization, objectives, how do you know if your employees are engaged in what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish? And we kind of talked a little bit about that. And then I try to put it in wrestling terms, his wrestling team terms. I said, what's it look like to have a teammate engaged in the mission of your team? What's it look like? I said, and I gave him the, the scenario, you have a teammate who, who is a stellar athlete, a great wrestler, undefeated, say he's 18 and 0. And that person is obviously highly technically skilled, is winning all of his matches, and is contributing to the overall mission of the team. And that's to win. It's to go undefeated as the ultimate goal, or make it to sectionals or districts or state or whatever it might be. But it's a team thing. It's definitely a individual component of wrestling, but definitely a team sport. So that person is contributing technically to that team, but is very little, has very little emotional connection to that team. Doesn't care if the team wins or loses. I said, Carson, would you classify that teammate as, as engaged with the team? And we talked, he, his concept of engagement was, it's, it's a twofer. He has to not only contribute in some way to the team, but he also has to be emotionally connected to, to the team as far as wanting the team to succeed. That was his... That was his criteria for engagement. I found that really interesting, kind of a personal note and conversation with a 
soon to be 16 year old here in a few months. Anyways, that is leadosophy for today. Remember, leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life. Thanks for watching. We will catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.